Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. It is a warm welcome back to the studio to consumer journalist Wendy Nola. Uh, We're having quite a wide-ranging chat today on a couple of different issues. We're going to start with another example of the silly gendering of products that are used by men and women alike and ask how one major retailer keeps getting things so horribly wrong in the hair care aisle. And then we're going to reflect on some issues around data privacy and specifically Poppy. Implementation is just two weeks away. How are estate agencies going to self-correct from what is often intrusive and relentless marketing? I'm speaking from personal experience. I also have a number of listener complaints in my inbox uh, referencing the same issue. So we will be talking about that a little bit later on. If time allows, we'll take some of your open line consumer calls as well. You can join the conversation on 021-446-0567 or send a voice note to 072 Welcome back, Wendy. Thanks, Pippa. We have spoken several times in this feature about the ongoing problem Mm. of entrenching gender stereotypes through the design and the marketing of everything from pajamas to toys to shaving cream. Backpacks. Uh, We've noted it comes often at an extra cost, the so-called pink tax, which means that women pay more for what is essentially the same product put into pink packaging. And it's more than just annoying and expensive, Wendy. I mean, personally, it it irks me because it is damaging to boys and girls alike to drum in these tropes over and over again. Exactly. I mean, I was reading in preparation for today's chat about, you know, we, we tend to think of it as women just, you know, damaging to girls. But I mean, the, the sort of nurturing being um, always portrayed as a... As an, a female a, characteristic. A fe- exactly. Yeah. So it, 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 it's, it's, it goes both ways. But it's... Um, this, the business of the girls are always... It's always about their, their physical attractiveness being pretty and for boys it's not so much on their physical attributes but on their bravery and their other um, amazing um, achievements etc or would be strong brave it's normally about that in other words it's who you are marketing to who you are rather than what What you you look look like like. or what we want you to look like more more likely to the point so and this all came together (laughs) I mean the, the example this week is just it's so bad I think, as you said to me, Wendy, it looks it 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 almost is so bad. It looks like it could be a case study of how not how, to do things. A mock yeah. up. I said yeah. that to clicks actually yeah. because it's, there's sort of three levels of it in this one, one all represented in, in that this one, one story. photograph. Okay, hair. so it is clicks, and once again, it's the hair care aisle going horribly wrong for them. Uh, Wendy, won't you just fill okay, in for so those who don't know the story? Right. So many listeners would have seen uh, certainly on Twitter. I'm not sure if it was on Facebook as well, but I saw it on Twitter um, a photograph of. Um, two products, both Clicks brand. So this is not like with the Tresemme case. You know, it was inherited they, marketing. Exactly. Else, yeah. This was this is carries their brand, their own brand. Um, hair detang- detangling brushes. Um, you know those plastic things with the little sparks that yeah. you know deal with your hair. Uh, uh, sitting side by side, one a pink box, one a blue box. The one for girls, of course, pink. Um, the other one for boys. The only difference I could tell from the photograph was that the boys' uh, detangler had slightly shorter plastic bristles, uh, blue, of course, than the 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 counter. But the, the girls' one was actually purple. The packaging was pink. The product itself was okay. purple, right? So, but effectively the same product, just a different. I would s- yeah. uh, pretty much you could say it's the same product. Um, in large print on the pink box, the product was described as being for pretty girl, a bit of dodgy. Grammar there. there as well, yeah. yeah. And right next to it, as I said, the product in the blue box was described as being for brave boy. Oh. So typically, such gendered stereotyping, as we said, focuses on girls, a woman's looks, and conversely on boys' abilities or character. And that 
has a major impact on how girls and the women they grow up to be uh, view their place in the world, the careers they seek out, the money they feel they should spend to preserve or enhance their looks. And there's mm. countless studies going back years which um, which prove just that. So in a survey conducted by Girl Guiding UK in 2014, 87% of girls and women between the ages of 11 and 21 thought that women are judged more for their looks than their ability. And this is mm. what society Tells expects them, of them and yeah. expects of them, yeah. So such gender stereotyping, particularly in the in the toy aisles, and I've been monitoring this for many years, yeah. Kipper, where there's been a dramatic improvement driven by what's happening in, in, in uh, other markets, UK, Europe, USA, pink for girls, blue for boys, that started phasing out even in South Africa uh, probably five years ago. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen as much uh, as it did before, but there's still quite a bit of stereotyping that, that does go on. Okay. Um, and it's worryingly universally said to be one of the reasons why a few women, worryingly few women, relatively speaking, graduate in the fields of STEM, science, technology, engineering, and maths. And it's really not a stretch to suggest that packing the girl aisles with pink princessy dress-up stuff and kitchen sets and the boy aisles with science kits, cars, and robots could be where the conditioning starts. I, like you, Pippa, have one of each. Yep. And so I was very much aware of this. And then, of course, my work as a consumer journalist made me look very long and hard and analyze what was going on there. Um, as I say, it has improved quite a bit in recent years because of there's a lot of pressure on the retailers and and the uh, producers of these products not to, not to do it. Do the pink and blue thing. I haven't stepped into a toy store in years. <laughs> Mine are, you know, are, are out of that age range, so I don't know. Do it they even improved. still have a boys they, section and a girls um, section? Or? I haven't checked for a year or two, but they did phase it out. Around okay. five years ago, there was a lot of, lot of, of pressure, on it, yeah. Yeah, pressure coming okay. from overseas. So that's the toy. Hair care products, though, this is a different one. And, yes. and this example um, is, 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 as you said, Wendy, ex- extreme in the extreme. So, yes, it's, it, it's three levels. You've got the pink and blue, the pretty girls and the brave boys. And then you've got a, a pink tax on steroids. 40 rand for the girls' brush and just 14 for the sure. boys' one. So that's more than twice, almost three times. Virtually identical products. I think just, uh, in fact, the the, bo- yeah, the boys, you can't tell me that there's 26 rand in a, in a tiny fraction of a sh- bristle. Sh- yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so as I said in my email to clicks, it's also staggeringly inappropriate uh, right now that um, these products could be mock-ups illustrating how not to sell such products. <laughs> Um, so the response on Twitter before I got involved and sent my media query was to people, you know, commenting on this mm-hmm. was that the boys' product was so much cheaper because it was on promotion due to excess stocks and not too many brave boys or their parents apparently wanted to buy it. And they said um, both products had been uh, discontinued, which turned out to be not true. Just the boys' one was. But anyway, uh, in response to the the storyline that the the, the um, boys one was so much cheaper because it was on promotion due to excess, excess stock was um, called out by many on Twitter saying nonsense since when does clicks discount a price without shouting that to customers in red uh, along the lines of save 26 rand. Yeah. So I asked in my media query how the product clicks brand Nochal, came to be on the shelves at a time when retailers globally are responding to consumers demand for gender neutral products and to an end to pink tax. And what did they say? Um, Group Corporate Affairs Director at Clicks, Bertina Engelbrecht, said, at Clicks, we do not endorse gender stereotyping of any sort. 
There are, however, many products in the market that reference gender, such as deodorants, grooming products, etc. So she's putting grooming products in a separate thing because there's, there's also the razor issue. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the shaving th- cream as well, yeah. Of course. We, we thank customers for making us aware of this oversight and apologize for the offense caused. We have adopted the following price parity policy. We support pricing parity that does not differentiate by gender and does not seek to exploit consumers based on their gender. Gender stereotyping goes against our style guide and our company values. We acknowledge that pricing differentials may occur during promotional periods or as a consequence of markdowns and commit to addressing any such differentials as soon as we become aware thereof. Our investigation into this matter has revealed that one of the items, so not both, the Brave Boys one, they, my words, not hers, mm-hmm. uh, were recently discontinued. The sale, the rate of sale of the discontinued product resulted in the markdown percentage and a resultant difference in the price. In accordance with our policy, we have taken immediate steps to remove both items from shelf and earmark them for donation. Okay, that's... It is, but then I've asked a few more questions. Um, so this product first hit the shelf as a Christmas um, gift item in 2019. So 18 months later, they've suddenly thought, oh gosh, maybe this doesn't fit in with our policy our on, ethos, on yeah. gender. Yeah, this, and well explained, as I've just read yeah. it out, but it took 18 months and a little bit of a mini that. storm on Twitter. So mm. you have to ask... Um, uh, yeah, they may be discontinued, but they're obviously running them out. And how seriously are you really taking that the implementation of that policy? That nobody looked at those yeah. two and the price and the uh, on a clicks product uh, and the description, the pink and blue and the pretty and, and the brave, saw that and saw right. this just doesn't quite fit with what where, we suppose what stand we stand for. for. Yeah. Yes, so uh, you know, we have given to clicks. It happens to have given us a perfect example to to illustrate first the problem and secondly. You know, so many companies have these wonderfully, wonderful um, policies on such issues, but it you know all too often um, implementation in practice is words very and deeds yeah. exactly. Yeah. So so yeah. Um, oh, finally, I asked why that fourteen rand boys brush was not displayed as being on promotion, and the answer I got was. This was not a promotional markdown. It was a markdown to clear. So the promotional markdown sticker did not apply. Mm. Um, <laughs> what? Okay. okay. Yes. All right. Uh, I have asked my producer to tweet a picture of the two side by side as they were seen on shelf. So if you, you, you want to get a visual for yourself and you weren't aware of the initial uh, story around this on Twitter, you will find it shared at Cape Talk where you can see what we're talking about. Yeah. As you say, a uh, multi-layered issue this one, Wendy, but thanks for picking it's up on wonderful us and, and following up a great example. And for I'm sure, quite sure marketing students um, will will be, will be have this, you know, in their syllabus quite, quite soon, soon yeah. as, a, as an example of how how not to sell what should be a gender-neutral product. product. Yeah. Isma in Somerset West just WhatsApping, saying that she's she's got a similar problem to me, that she's got small feet. She says, I wear number three shoes, and, and adult socks start from size four upwards. Uh, Isma, you're the same. I'm forever wearing socks that my feet are drowning in that don't fit right because my feet are too small. Uh, and I'm so glad you've you've mentioned this. She, she, okay, she doesn't do what I do and just live with big socks. Isma goes to buy children's, children's socks. socks. 
She says Woolworths, Pick and Pay and most clothing stores sell pink and purple girls' socks with very pretty images and blue and green socks for boys with very brave images. Mm. I am desperately looking for beige, brown or something similar. That's not gender imaged is her comment. Well, on that score, uh, I'm a size four, so mm-hmm. I just sort of I'm on the smaller end of the four to seven uh, socks, so they're not exactly snug. But I I like the color brown, especially in winter, you mm-hmm. know. And the clothing retailers sell brown boots, brown uh, pants, you know, those sorts of autumny colors. Yes. Try and find brown socks for women. You got to go into men the men's got a huge. Yeah. You're talking about. Yeah, I just thought of the stuff. Men have got a huge selection. I cannot wear a men's as a size four. I cannot buy a men's brown socks. Why, as a woman, do <laughs> they not? I found one pair. I think Zara. I wouldn't normally buy socks, mm-hmm. but I've, I should have bought more than one pair. Actually, sort of brown with little fried eggs. You know, they're sort of funky. Yes. I thought I'm ha- I'm buying those. <laughs> Please, if anyone. Um, no, as we can buy women's socks brown and brown, socks. not beige, brown, as opposed to pink, purple, blue, black. Please let me know. Okay. Special request <laughs> from me. From, from all of us, the small feet. Thank you very much. And Esme, you're a great example there as well. Wendy, we've spoken before about the the the, the difficulty of finding um, adult women's pajamas that aren't covered oh, in unicorns and, and puppy silly. clouds and yes. marshmallows. So speaks to the same issue. Okay. Um. Yeah. Happy to take people's feedback on the the issue of of ongoing uh, the ongoing gendering of items that really don't need to be marketed separately. Uh. You know, I can understand. I don't know, the, the, the deodorants. Maybe different maybe, smells. Okay. But a kid's it's, detangling brush finished. No, for, for what? Yeah, for what? Um, okay, we've got a voice note that's in on a separate issue, which we're going to take a listen to and respond to, and then um, we're going to switch our focus then to the estate agent's marketing story after that. But let's hear that voice note first. Hi, Pippa and Wendy. This is Mark in McGregor. I would like to know whether the CPA ombudsman has the power to rule on a matter and whether that ruling is in, enforceable as if as a as a court order thank you thanks mike mike the answer is no they essentially can make recommendations um so they 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 you know they consider it they have a team of attorneys etc they consider it as impartially and then respond to the complainant and to the company concern saying you know they are the side with the company or the consumer um the cg uh so consumer goods and services ombud has a very unlike the other financial services ones they m- most of their rulings are in the favor of consumers um and if the uh, service provider concerned just clocks a snock and says no, whatever I don't agree um, then the case has to be refer- either the consumer can take a legal route or it can be referred to the, um, uh, the consumer the, the cons- via the consumer commission and then ultimately it can go to the tribunal but that's a, it's it's and unf- I wish that they did have some more teeth yeah um, on that score um, because yeah, it's. I've had many cases, especially with COVID and people and um, uh, venues not wanting, you know, people paying in full deposits, for weddings, which yeah. couldn't go through in hard lockdown. And then the one said, a particularly bad case uh, in KZN, said, "Well, you didn't cancel." She tried. She couldn't get through on the phone. They were closed. There's nobody there. Yeah. So they've ch- not. She'd paid a, f- a deposit, a fifty percent deposit. Not only are they holding her responsible for that, but 
Um, they said breach of contract. You didn't cancel. You're responsible for the entire. They went, no. went after her for another t- almost thirty thousand rand. I must follow up to see what's happened there. Can you believe it? Uh, your dusty. So so that yeah. was and and she won at the at the umbud and and the the lawyer for the establishment said we don't agree with you, and that was the end of that. I mean, it's a long, hard fight to get it all the way to the top, as we described last week, Wendy, yes. with those two car-related cases of people who did go to uh, the council and ultimately got a tribunal ruling, and that does have weight, like it, a court it order. It does have weight, yeah. absolutely. But then we had the case of the dealership you know, months still. later, still not. By the way, um, on Friday, this past Friday, um, Arno sent me a picture. Remember, he'd had the car washed, he'd got his money, and I was desperately he trying to, to hand over the, the car. car. Yes. On Friday, two days after that conversation, a representative from the dealership came to his workplace in Stellenbosch and uplifted the car. Thank so that's heavens. finally over. I'm so glad to hear that that saga has come to an end because <laughs> I was really worried about uh, whether that was the start of a whole new battle yes, over the car. and rightly so, given yeah. what had happened before. Okay, that's good news. Well, here's one more comment on uh, the clothing uh, <laughs> discrepancies of WhatsApp saying, I'm a senior lady and I I still enjoy wearing a t-shirt with my jeans. However, all women's tea sleeves are cut off very high on the arms. I want to purchase a t-shirt with arm length up to the elbow and I cannot find any. So I have to buy men's shirts that do have longer arm length. Oh, and then they probably won't be that snug fitting. And yeah, sort that's... Of yeah, I also love that that the sort of almost mid, nice. mid to elbow length, especially since we're moving to Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, every now few and days then, you can do without yeah, a sleeve. Every now and then the style comes back into fashion. Yes. I, I know about a year or two ago, Woolies and a few others had those in a whole range of colours. So my advice to you would be, if it does go through another surge in popularity. Buy every colour yes. you can get and, and hoard Go them mad. for next time. Somebody's SMS, Wendy, and uh, who was it? Esme, who need the socks to say you can apparently buy socks size 3 to 5 at H&M in all colours of the rainbow. Thank you very much, whoever sent Thank that message. You. I'm now going to. Call now on 021-446-0567. Quick general question, uh, Wendy, before we get to the estate agents. Pat has just WhatsApped. Uh, she says... What is the legality of a wool shop refusing to sell you a pattern unless you buy the wool there? Also, they won't give you the original pattern but only want to sell you a photocopy. Surely that's a copyright infringement? Gosh, that's a new one on me. Um, I know that the CPA um, prohibits um, bundling. In other words, saying you, you, you can't buy this without that. Okay. Um, so I think that on the face of it is an infringement of the CPA. Um, more than that, I can't say, but I really would like to investigate. If, if Pat, if you want to send Pat us some, like to some details. Mm. Okay, so pop an email through to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R, and uh, just put Cape Talk Wool in the in the subject line, yeah, so Wendy will keep an eye out for it. Pat, just give us the details of the shop and um, what they told you, what you were trying to yeah, buy that they wouldn't detail sell you, as you um, whatever remember. detail you can give us, and, uh, and we'll take a look. Thanks very much. Okay, now... Deep breaths before our second topic today because it is a real personal backpair of mine. I am not alone, though, I know, in hating, Wendy, the way that some estate agencies, I would say most estate agencies, seem to play very fast and loose with personal contact info. Uh, in my experience, you go and visit one single show house in, say, Rondebosch, and suddenly you are getting calls from that agent's colleagues in Somerset West and Grayton saying, I've got a home, come and take a look. Something that's outside your price range, outside your area, nothing like what you said you were and looking at. Yeah, as a question, yeah. when you sign on visiting that show house, is there any dis- declaration around what they will do with your information? 
more like, uh, in most cases, nothing was signed because at all. in an age yeah. of, of poppy, protection yeah. of personal information, and that's becoming a real thing in two weeks' time, 1st of yeah. July, that is just not okay anymore. Yeah. And it's not just the calls. Um, and as some of our listeners have also described to us, whose, whose stories we'll share in a moment, you find yourself um, subscribed to empty newsletters, to digital magazines, to weekly updates on vast areas of property that you've not expressed any interest in. And even if you aren't in the market, Wendy, the other aspect is the phone calls from agents saying, we'd like to come and do a free valuation. Uh, Would you like us to come and talk to you about selling your home? So it's it's on many, many layers. It's digital as well as in person. I personally have found it incredibly intrusive. I really, really hate it. I have been struggling with this for roughly two years now. And it's, it's, it's relentless. It's unsubscribed. Um, totally un- it's, uninitiated it's by, exactly by me. It's yeah. exactly the kind of situation that parts of the CPA and certainly Poppy um, is, is intended to address. Yeah. Um, use of um, your personal information in ways that you did not authorize and, and, um, consent to. and, and yeah. do not uh, want. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to be able to put a stop to to that kind of intrusion. Yeah. Now, I'm not alone in feeling really aggrieved by this. I mean, I have and I have really been quite thorough about pushing back, sending a mail saying, please unsubscribe me. I don't want this material. Talking to the agents, talking Mm. to the officers, and it just doesn't seem to end. I'm not alone. Uh, Wendy, our listener, Grant Davison, mailed us a couple of weeks ago to flag this issue. I don't know if you want to. Shall I read his email that he sent us, or do you want to? uh, Um, I can can go ahead. At least once every two weeks, he says, and sometimes once a week, I get unsolicited phone calls from estate agents asking me if I want to sell my property or want an evaluation. This really revs me up as I've never handed out my number to be contacted this incessantly from so many estate agencies. I've consistently told them that they don't have permission to call me, to which their lame duck excuse gets given that they got my number from a database and will remove me from their database. These databases never seem to be updated, as I still get contacted, even from the same estate agency but from a different co-worker the following week. I know that property owners' contact numbers and information is probably manned or from the deeds office or some such place and dished out at a fee. This is wrong. These phone calls are an infuriated infuriating an unwanted intrusion in one's workday. Together with the fortnightly or weekly phone call from some company trying to sell some insurance product or cell phone contract, over the past six years I've been careful about dishing out contact details and ticking the no box on being contacted for new products. Is there any way to put a stop to these phone calls or hold the owners who run these estate agencies to account for invading people's privacy? Okay, now before you answer that question, Wendy, let me add another listener example to the mix Mm -hmm. because Penny mailed me just a couple of days ago on the very, very same issue and she actually CC'd me on her follow-up correspondence because she took it further. She wrote to say the following, every day I am receiving a call from an estate agent asking me if I want to sell my property in Mutual Heights. Today I asked the agent where she'd got my number and she referred me to the company CMA Info. And then Penny mailed CMA and CC'd me in that correspondence. And she went on to say to them, I'm very busy. This is a real waste of my time. By nature of the fact that you're selling my telephone number, you're party to the theft of my time, is how she put it. As far as I know, this is an infringement on my personal data protection rights and is not acceptable business practice. Please remove me and my telephone number from your database. From now on, I will be asking each and every person that calls me where they got my number. And should it come again from your company, I will be escalating 
investigating the matter further. And within a day, I will say all credit to Joanne Mayer, whose uh, email indicates she's manager at CMA Info. She responded to Penny and CC'd me on that response, Mm -hmm. saying thank you for your email. I'd like to confirm that your details have been opted out on our CMA Info system. But wait for it, Wendy. Please be advised we are not the only company providing such information because some agents may already have your contact details Mm. from whatever source. Should you receive any further calls, I would recommend you to tell them to opt you out of their systems. And then she sent um, Penny a screenshot proving that her name had been ticked into the the opt-out. So she acted on the complaint. So I will give her credit for doing that very promptly. Um, But again, it brings us back to this this time and energy that she Penny now has to to go through to to follow up with every last person mm, who's finding I mean, it her. could take yeah. her months and then we get to the example I had this uh, past week Lulu. which is a real doozy and at first glance I was just irritated because oh it's it's Seif again but then I really thought about it, and it, it, it it's more than just irritation so this is what happened Wendy this past week my father forwarded me an email to say, not sure how this came to us, but it's addressed to you, so I'm forwarding it on to you. And there was an email from Seif Properties addressed to me under my married surname, sent to my parents, who have a different my surname, bubbles. on their private email address. And I'm really concerned about it the more I think about it, because how did Seif get my parents' address? How did they know Make to the associate link? it with mm. my profile? To me, it seems that they somehow accessed my contact list without my permission because how else did that happen? And this, they got your name in the first, your email name and email address in the first place from visiting one of their show the houses, houses. I assume, yes. Okay. So I've emailed their national marketing manager, Ted Fraser, asking for an explanation. Uh, no response as yet, Wendy. I'll keep you posted if I do get one. But the biggest irony of this, besides my very real concern about where they got that information and how they tied it to my profile, the irony is that the email that had been sent to my my dad was warning customers that Poppy is coming into effect on the 1st <laughs> no. of July and asking them, please, to confirm their marketing choices. You really can't make this no, stuff you up, can't. can you? Um, Wendy, what's interesting, though, is that that Poppy email that I got from Seif, or that my dad got from Seif, rather, is copy and paste the same document I've now received from about three or four different Maybe agencies. Maybe from the Estate Agencies Affairs Somebody, board. yeah. Some yeah. some industry body must have drafted a template for all of them yeah. to use. Um, and I or, sent it on for, to you to take a look at, and I know you had some questions from what based on what you saw there. Well, yes. So, f- first of all... Um, the wording and the one you said me and you say it's, it's others are using the same uh, cut and paste thing is you they're asking customers to opt in opt in to confirm their subscriptions now you went to a show house run by a safe agent or whatever other mm-hmm. other agencies as well it's not just them um maybe in the small print right at the bottom there there's you know in in adding your name and giving us your contact details you agree to be whatever i mean did you ever see anything I'm like not, that i'm not aware of having done that um we have been looking for more than two years now. So we, we've visited a number well, of now homes. You've we've done dealt it, with a number of estate agents. <laughs> now I've opened the floodgates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, Wendy, I'm, I'm not aware of having actively opted into everything. But you should anything. have been very, very. Yeah. And I will say this, that I have been very vocal about opting out when I've been, been receiving okay. incoming stuff. I have pushed back and said, I didn't sign up for this. Take okay. me off the list. I because don't want to receive it. It would almost be like yeah. if you think of an, an, an analogy of, you know, um, and it's going to start happening again, no doubt, going to a restaurant and signing a COVID register yeah, and then suddenly getting spam emails and calls from that restaurant, others in the group, um, 
companies are allied to their restaurant industry. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's just, it's not why you gave that information. Correct. You gave that information. I mean, I suppose that if you bought the house, they could, you know, in terms of paying of the commission, they could prove that that you, you had come to their yes, house. Yes, I'm sure that's that agent, the, the purpose you. of it. But, but that's what happened to you is misuse of your personal mm. information because you weren't specifically told or made to understand that you are now, as this says, subscribing, allowing your information to be used, sold, yeah, whatever, and that's not okay. That's why we need Poppy. That's why, <laughs> and not just for this. I mean, all sorts of other things that are done with our personal information. So, um, I did send an email to Chief Chairman Samuel Chief um, for some feedback on on this process and um, the wording, etc. But I haven't had a response yet. Um, yeah, because my main question was, how do people subscribe in the first place? Or are there details obtained from the likes of that CMA, CMA info? info? Yes. Um, we don't know, unfortunately, so that can be a follow-up. Um, and my other question was, if someone on your database does not respond to your email of today, that was an email today or yesterday? It was Tuesday morning. Oh, I, yesterday. I think it went to my dad Monday evening, yeah. Um, yeah. Will they be removed entirely? Would that be enough? Um, because that's important. If not, mm. that would be a... Um, that would be a contravention of, of of the act of the act. Yes, one and okay. it's also in the CPA, if somebody spams you, even if it's a company that you once gave permission to, once you say no, I'm opting out. It is a, it is an offence to continue to 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 send you marketing um, material, material yeah. whether it's on the phone or. Uh, SMS, WhatsApp, uh, email, whatever, directly to you based on that information. They cannot do it. And I don't think, I'm just so pleased Poppy's finally almost here because um, it's really forcing companies to to apply their minds. Although, having said that, look what's going on in a couple of weeks leading up to it. Two weeks ago. The act was promulgated um, last July, 1st of July, and all the companies were given a year's grace period, a year to get their house in order. So for this to be happening now, now two weeks to go, is not yeah. encouraging. It tells you how seriously they take it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's where we are. So Poppy will come into full effect on the 1st of July, Wendy. And, and I mean, Grant asked the question, what do we do to, to opt out of this? Because as he pointed out in his email, it's not only estate agencies that are guilty of this. Um, you still have the option to sign up on the opt-out database. Yes, um, that's a very sad story. Which so, doesn't do very much, though, does it? Well, it's it's a privately run thing. It's run by the Direct Marketing Association of mm-hmm. South Africa. The original intention of the CPA, um, it's still sitting there in the Act, which, came, which we've had for 10 years, Consumer Protection. Act was that the state, one organ of the state, such as the Consumer Commission, would set up um, a national opt-out database. Mm. So it applied to all companies. It was a legal thing. If you put your name on there, you were, you could they, not be contacted. Exactly. Yeah. That never happened. So we only got the DMA's one, which pre-existed the the, the CPA. So it's been going for many years. It is effective to the to a point. Um, that companies need to run uh, companies that are this is the key that are members yeah, of the yeah. DMA need to run their their mailing lists um, through that DMA opt out database and remove you. But I've taken up quite a few cases where um, oh, they dodge it. So the company, I'll, I'll say either a personal case or one on behalf of a of a listener or reader. Um, how this company? You are you not a member of the DMA? Yes, we are, but the marketing company isn't. I mean, oh, that's just on. a silly it's dodge. Just a cop out, yeah. Yes. So one thing I wanted to say about 
um, the poppy that takes things a lot further for us um, as consumers than the CPA does. And I got this from uh, Merchants SA, which is a company that's been creating and managing contact centers um, around the world since well, 1981, a very long time, um, is that the enforcement of this act, so in other words, from July the 1st, mean that we have the right, we not only have the right to tell them to, to stop sending us their spam, mm. but we have the right to ask them what personal information they have on us, on their uh-huh. files, and then ask for this to be de- removed or deleted. They do not have the right to have our information against our wishes. That's and I think we should okay. all start doing that from the 1st of July. I think we should do a show. We'll get some experts on and take this further in a couple of weeks' time when okay. it's real. I know, I know we are scheduled to talk to Emma Sadlier on the Monday okay, before Poppy comes, okay. sp- specifically about the impact personally on us and what we post on yes. social media. Yes. Uh, but from the consumer angle, I'd love to, to pick up with an expert Okay, with you. so I'll set okay. a couple of people up. Yeah, I mean, SMS from Tanya saying whether I um, – Okay, when I was asked whether I wanted to sell my property, I marched down to the estate agent's local office in Somerset West and politely but firmly asked them where they'd got my data and details, and they obliged. This led to a data broker. While I was there, Mm -hmm. I asked the estate agent to contact the data broker and explain that I am not to be contacted. But what a scourge and so time-consuming. So well done on you, Tanya, on following through as you did. Yeah, Lovely info. That's actually a great great idea to say if you demand that they do it on the spot while you're there. You'll know it's done. But as she says, yeah. it requires time and energy. But you shouldn't, and it shouldn't have to. Yeah. shouldn't require that much time and energy. So, okay. So if you do, for what it's worth, that National Opt-Out database is www.nationalopt-out.org. And that will be effective for members it is, of It is fairly effective. My name's beyond yes. I'm there and I get very little, very okay. little spam. Okay, so that's something to try and certainly grant that something and for you to try. And absolutely, yeah. and we'll talk about this in that future show. But what you know, the question always is: Well, so what? So what if somebody won't give you um, what information they have on you, or won't stop spamming you? Mm-hmm. Well, we have an information regulator, um, okay. and so from July one, you'll be able to file a complaint against businesses which aren't complying with that office um, if you feel that your personal data is not being respected. And okay. I, I foresee us doing a lot on this, Pippa. I do too. <laughs> so okay. I look forward to it. Thanks, Wendy. Okay, that's a fascinating update. And uh, to be continued, if either of us hear back from Seath uh, with feedback on the issue of how they got into my contacts list, we'll let you know. <laughs> okay, um, comment on the gender bias issue on the WhatsApp line from another Wendy. Uh, she says, listening to that conversation about the gendered hairbrushes reminds me of Reach for a Dream. They do a fantastic job, but... But they offer two different kinds of special days, princess for a day or captain courageous. Mm, Girls get a pretty dress and a makeup. Uh, Girls, boys go zip lining and meet firefighters and go for a ride on a fire engine. I know which of those I would have preferred, Wendy. And Hint, hint, it's not the dress. Um, I I know what I would have liked, I guess, is Wendy. I really wore a dress. Again, Reach for a Dream is admirable and do a great job, but maybe they should move with the times. We're actually in the middle of a campaign with them, Wendy, so I'm going to pass that on to our marketing manager to feed back to them that really that is something that needs to be reassessed. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Okay, uh, Deb on the West Coast saying, my next-door neighbor sold their house via an estate agent, and within two days of the sale, a representative of that agent who'd sold the house called me to let me know the rand value of the house that was sold for and ask if I was interested in selling my home. What's your take on that in terms of Poppy? That information is available. um, At the deeds office, yes. So it is in the public domain, but I think most definitely um, 
the way it was used um, is dodgy, very dodgy, yeah. and um, not very classy at all. I would have been furious. Um, I should probably um, look into that specifically, that specific example in terms of, I will ask a property expert what they think of that. Sorry to bash the property in- industry, but I think they're providing us with very good examples of, of, of the issues, the areas that, I know, you know it's their normal, but they're going to have to do they things to in a different by. way. Wendy, I'm smiling because I, I worked for a major property agency as a, <laughs> as a PR consultant for 10 years. So I, I do feel and I understand the pressures and where they're coming from, but it's it's got to change and legally it's got to change and they need to catch a wake up in a heck of a hurry with two weeks to go. So, um, Sounds like yeah. it. Okay, uh, Deb, if you would like to send e- uh, Wendy an email with the details of that particular particular case, she can dig a little bit further into that one for you, uh, if you like. I mean, I've, I've heard, yeah. um, I've seen properties, I think a little mail uh, shot in my mailbox, properties in your area have recently been selling between this and this. Um, are you interested? That's a very far cry from your neighbor's house just sold, sold for XYZ. 3.5 yeah. million or whatever yeah. it was. I don't think that's... Uh, that's kosher. No. Yeah. Okay. This is a very long shot, says Laura. It's off consumer topics, but maybe we can help. Laura says, I'm hoping someone can help. I picked up my wedding band yesterday afternoon. It was in its box in my bag and somewhere between the restaurant and an Uber trip home at no. 6.30 p.m. in Hart Bay, it went missing. I'm devastated. The Uber driver said it's definitely not in his car and I'm getting married next Sunday. Wondering if someone may have picked it up. I spent half my salary on it. Oh, Oh, Laura, I'm so sorry. Just on the off chance that somebody found it where it fell out of a bag, for example. If anybody listening is going, I know who where that ring is. Uh, my producer's got Laura's number. We can connect you. Can I you just, just add a yes. consumer thing? Yeah. Always ensure these things before before you take them out the shop. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's a reason why if your car is financed, you can't drive off the shore, the shore, the oh, showroom yeah. floor um, without it being insured first. We, it's a much bigger value, but half your salary is is is, is a lot of money. It's a lot lose. of money. So sorry to come in with that. Okay. I'm really sorry what would happen, but but um, always insure. Always um, imagine plan for the worst. Um, yeah, and, and, just and in case. get it insured. Yeah. Okay. Hop, hop six last night in Hot Bay. If anybody happened to find a box with a ring in it, please let us know. Okay. Uh, very, very. Uh, no. In fact, we are not going to have time to take Mike's call. I'm going to ask my producer to take Mike's details, and perhaps we can call him back or help him off air uh, in the week in between. Apologies, Mike. I know you have been waiting there, but I'm just watching the clock, and I know we've only got two minutes left, uh, so we will not have time to get there. Um, okay, so this is uh, one last uh, very comment on Poppy is WhatsApp saying if you asked an insurance company or a loyalty program what personal data they hold about you, that might be the real supply uh, surprise. Does Poppy apply to SARS? Is the question, Wendy? I don't think it could possibly. I mean, it's a government agency See, and they require requires that information yes, for a specific yeah. purpose. And loyalty is attached to you. Don't just get an ARB loyalty. It's attached to your existing contractual relationship with. A company, mm-hmm. and you've opted in. You, you, they get your information. You get the benefits. So I think that one won't exist without the other. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, we spoke about that. You know, South Africans are willing to give up their personal information for, to uh, for um, free goodies. Yeah, um, going up an extra tier or, or whatever, and that's a tra- that's a decision you make. So the trade-off is you get the benefit of, yes. the, of the loyalty program. Yes, yeah. so you don't okay. get the royal. Yeah, that's what it is. They, they're doing it to reward our loyalty, but they're also doing it to get very valuable insights about our buying habits, yeah. and which helps them um, shape their business accordingly. 
It's been a fascinating chat, Wendy. Thank you. And I'm sure lots more chat about Poppy to come in the coming weeks. Uh, Thank you all for joining it. And a reminder that if you do want to raise a case with Wendy, the email address is consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. She knows a lot about consumer affairs. Chat again next week. Thanks, Pippa.